Welcome to Caribbean Storytime with your host, Yolanda Marshall. Tune into various discussions about our beautiful culture, books, authors, recipes, and everything Caribbean. Your children will enjoy reading with Miles on Caribbean Storytime. Welcome to Caribbean Storytime with me, Yolanda Marshall. Today I have the honor of talking to Veronica Adele Rogers, who goes by QT Vidal. Um, she is a multifaceted writer, poet, composer, singer since 1979. Um, she's also an educator, a very influential Caribbean woman and activist. Uh, she's the founder and president of We Write Writers Bureau. Um, I will share her link and all her information in the bio, but it is a privilege to have her on this show. And it was so great talking to her. She is an inspiration to parents um, and also to writers, storytellers within our Caribbean community. The way that I wanted to be received. And I, I, I have loved words since. I have loved books. Um, I know that my, my family was very musical and very um, book-oriented. My father raised us um, English. And there was never a room in the house without a book. And there was never a time when anyone asked what he was up to that I wasn't either now finished reading a story or now finished reading a book. And um, uh, the first time I sang in public, I was seven. I heard Debbie Boone's You Light of My Life, and I just memorized the entire thing. And I went to a camp, and they asked if anyone wanted to share, if anyone wanted to perform or sing a poem or sing a song or anything. And I, I got up, and I think they thought, as little just was this tiny little seven-year-old just going to do some little things. And uh, I understand that I blew them away again because I sang the entire song. And I even improvised and changed one of the lines because I didn't think their whole line made a lot of sense to me as a child. Um, rolling at sea. I changed it to say something else. Um, rolling at sea. Because I know that you roll a boat. And the, I saw the reaction of the crowd. I wasn't even scared of all these big people staring at me. So there were a lot of big people. And um, at the end of my performance, I got a round of applause and a lot of people came up to the family and asked questions about me. If I had training and all of that, and there was a particular Caucasian lady that came up and she was so amazed and so impressed by the fact that I even improvised the words. And it made sense for a little child to sing that as opposed to rolling actually, which I didn't understand until I was actually grown. But I've always loved uh, books. Um, and when I was nine at my primary school, um, there was a, a poetry competition and I was pretty, um, Integrated, I think. Um, confidence, yes, I didn't get involved. I didn't think I had something to say, as I said. And um, the, the, the teacher encouraged us to enter the competition. And so I entered just to get involved in something. And to my big surprise, my mom was invited to the school, and there was a surprise ceremony, award ceremony, and lo and behold, I won the competition. And the teacher approached mom and told her, this is an amazing poem for a little child to have written. And this child has a lot of talent. She's going to go very far. And I never forgot that 
that was the best experience I had in primary school. I think even better than passing competitions from so one of my one of the top schools in the country, which is then St. Joseph's College. And um, my dad always encouraged us to push and to be the best we could be. My mom also. Um, they both instilled in us a love for books, a love for learning, and uh, that made it a policy. All his children had to be able to play at least one instrument, one musical instrument. So he let us be introduced to the instrument that was in the country. Um, and we had to choose. And I just fell in love with the piano. And so that is my second main instrument, my first being my voice. So I sing, I play piano. I know a little bit of drums. <laughs> but I really, really love writing. And I love books and reading. Um, I remember um, I was introduced to Enid Dyson, and that is actually my favorite author, apart from myself. Um, the Cat with the Feathery Tail. I still remember that story. It's a story about a cat that was a snob. She believed she was better than everyone else. And um, the story to me, the lesson was um, that conceit is bad and being a snob is bad, and you shouldn't think that you're better than others because of how you look. And that we all need each other because there was a time that she needed them for help. And um, I remember things like Aesop's uh, Fox and the Grapes, where um, he stopped because he couldn't get the grapes that he wanted, and then he speaks with Pegasus by fork, as we say in Trinidad, or he'll speak the grapes yeah. and say, hmm, they probably were sour anyway, and you know, yeah. all stuff. And it, it, it stayed with me, the whole image and everything of this, this um, individualist being. Um, turning around and saying something negative about something you wanted just because you couldn't get it. That stayed with me. And, and it, 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 it was something, it's something that resonated deep within me as a, as a person. And I went through my life with the understanding, this is wrong. If you can't get something, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, speak it and, and make others think that something is wrong with it. You can't get it either because it wasn't for you or you didn't have the capacity to, to reach for it. You didn't want it bad enough, whatever it was. But I remember that. And then there was this little thing called a Nancy, which is about some silly little spider that is very mischievous. And uh, that used to just have my imagination going. And Nancy, and he's eating yams, and he's greedy, and he didn't want to share with the other animals, and he's always up to some mischief. And I would, my, my imagine, I would sit for hours in a little corner. Every time I came home from school, I would change and relax and do my homework and eat something. And my main snack was things like a glass of milk or carrots until so it was time for supper. And anytime anybody came looking for me, where's me? Um, you can surely find me somewhere in a corner, curled up either on a bed with a book, or in a corner of the yard where it's quiet, outside in the fresh air because I love the outdoors, reading something or with a pen and paper writing something. And... Um, that was just how I how I grew, and mom and dad encouraged me, and none of the others could say anything about it. I, 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 that was just my world. That was my escape. I escaped into Enid Brighton. I escaped into um, the Famous Five and all their adventures, and I would dream of going to England so that I could actually sit on Bracken and experience what it's like to sit on a plant that keeps you as if you're sitting on a couch, and I thought it was fascinating. And at the Secret Seven, when I became a teenager in college and I was introduced to Secret Seven, I was, I was so excited to know, ooh, another in the writing was great. And you couldn't tell me anything. They could tease me as much as they wanted that I was a bookworm, that I was a nerd, I didn't care. And all while I was reading, I was picturing everything that they wrote and I was traveling in my mind to all these places and 
wondering what if and coming up with ideas of my own. So when I put pen to paper and I wrote one of the first stories I wrote, it was influenced by all of these authors. In high school, I was introduced to people like some Caribbean writers like Lil Hubs and Earl Lovelace and Michael Anthony and V.S. Nightfall. All these wonderful writers who had all these amazing things to share, all these words that were just so magical. I love and V.S. Nightfall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, when I heard of people who had passed on into into the other class of the galaxy, and you know, when we say die, I was like, oh, please, they're not dead. And their words live on, you know. Yeah. And so I have, I have even a different understanding of when an artist has passed on. And I don't grieve like, okay, they're gone. That's the end of it. Because their words live on. The works live on. And I know that they've just gone to another place, another time. And uh, we will meet again. And it's just the also thing that we all came from something bigger, something greater. Uh, that we came from the life, God who is so wise and all-knowing and who has given us all this talent and all these words and all these ideas and all this way, all these, these ways to show insight to, into people's hearts and their lives and their minds. And uh, I just think it's awesome. So stories like, uh, some of my stories are like, I have one called Colorella. I have the girl who wanted to fly. I have Barclays and the Thieves. I have uh, Shoe. I have Old Man Stinky. Um, the rabbit's kindness, all these things have been influenced by these ideas that have been not just floating around in my mind, but I like to see it had to go down on paper. I had to express them and share them with others. Uh, I have a, a, a child story. Uh, it's a children up to age 12, but adults also appreciate it. It's called Aqua Flight. And I remember when I told someone about, it said Aqua Flight, how can we have water and flying at the same time. And I was like, well, we need some see. <laughs> and so Aquaflight is online. It's uh, in the uh, Lounge, Readers Writers Lounge. That's if you type up my name, Veronica Adele Rogers. You're going to see Aquaflight is there for you to enjoy. And um, as far as the singing goes, um, when I was 12, I had a, a really sad experience in my family. And uh, I won't go into it now. You have to read that in my biography. <laughs> but um, I I locked myself into the toilet because some stuff was going on. And when all of the noise and the trouble had subsided, uh, everyone was asleep except me. And it was probably around midnight. So I sat down thinking, how can something like this happen to me? And... Um, then the words for my song, Somebody Loves Me, just started to come to my mind. And I just started to sing in the toilet, uh, singing the song that um, I wrote for people that are depressed and suicidal and uh, have low self-esteem, not thinking that no one loves them. And um, so that's also there. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, uh, Stories to me bring life. They they give you an insight into something that you otherwise would not know about. A lot of the stories that I have written, and I've written, hmm, I have about maybe 79 songs, uh, probably about 35 uh, young adults 
stories, maybe about 18 children's stories and about 70 adult stories um, and an uncounted number of non-fictional works. Um, but um, the Caribbean is, is, is a place of beauty and wealth. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we migrate or immigrate out of the Caribbean into the wider world, um, they call it green dreams because we take all our talents and our ideas and our entrepreneurship, our inventions and, and our patents and everything with us to, to share this wealth with others. And I believe that Caribbean writers, artists, performers, they need to have a better esteem of themselves. We are talented. We have a lot to say. Uh, we have a lot to offer. And we should never think that just because when you look at a map, you can barely see your country and it's just a dot. So that is such a little dot on the map of the world and there are countries smaller than even our country, but doesn't mean that you don't have something to say and you don't have something to offer. Um, I remember when I was definitely under 11, and I lived in a place called Filipina with my family. Um, uh, we lived in a nice little house um, on a street called Lashley Street, and there were, it was storm season, and the lights went out, the electricity went out, and um, back then you had you didn't have gas, so gas, so gas was like the rich. <laughs> you know, we call them it. So most people had pitcher stoves, and um, uh, you'd have candles and maybe pitcher lamps and that sort of thing. And um, being the little bookworm that I was, when I came home from school, as I told you, priority for me was hitting the book. So mom would insist I change my clothes and have a shower, and then I would hit the book with a little snack to keep me. So it's either would be like peanuts or carrot or milk, and I would get my homework done. But that evening. Something happened, and I didn't get my homework done. But by afternoon, the lights were gone. And if you don't have access to torch lights and you can grab a, a candle or get a lamp done up quickly, then obviously you have to get light from another source. So the quickest thing would be to pull a curtain, let some light in, or just march to the nearest door, open the door, and go outside. So you let some light in near the house, and you're outside. Yeah. So I had a treat that day. I'm remembering that. Um, mom can get her hands on all those things. So she opened the front door where we had a nice little three steps. And they're always swept. And normally she would say, so she was half Chinese and they were very superstitious. She would say, don't sit on your front step. You're keeping us back from prosperity. It brings poverty to sit on your front step. And especially don't let guests sit on your front step. So she made an exception that day and she allowed me to sit on the second step while she sat on the first step. And she said, well, we're going to have to stay out here for a little while until daddy gets home. Because he was a principal and a teacher, and he used to teach lessons after school sometimes. So he'd get home sort of late sometimes. So we sat with mom, and we were lining on the front end. And bored out of my skull, because I couldn't get my hands on my favorite friend, my book, because there's no light to read. And I couldn't do my homework, so I needed some entertainment. And mom decided to tell us some tracks from Trinidadian folklore. You know, those stories of all about uh, Gwens and Villagablas and Papa Bois and... Still cotton trees and witches and uh, uh, that's because Obia man and they would be either male or female, so there'd be an Obia man and Obia woman and all these things. 
and that was the fastest thing she could think of to tell me about. So she would tell us about her these characters. And I didn't really like them. I thought that they were scary. And the only one I really liked at all was Papa Bois because he was kind to animals. And I also loved animals. And uh, the only bad thing about him, he wasn't perfect. He still used to attack the hunters and stuff like that. But he was the best I could hear. And uh, I was a bit creeped out and didn't want to hear any more after a while. And those stories affected me to the point where um, I became what some people refer to as zip uh, uh, or a person that goes to work or goes to school and goes straight home. <laughs> Hearing about dwells that were raped from naughty children that didn't know how to find their homes, um, these faceless children, the best he's facing the wrong way, freaked me out. I didn't want to meet the dwells. So I was never one to go straight late in the night. I would get home by 6, by 7 for the latest. The thought of going anywhere after 7 was appalling to me. And even as an adult, knowing that there's you that can make you get old before your time, as parents used to like to tell us, and big degrees like to say that um, you're looking over to your age because you spend too much time outdoors in the night. All of these things affected me. And um, uh, the the story about this creature that had to bless up would stand up in the road and, and attack men, young men who didn't know to find their homes early. And if they see the woman in the middle of the street and they spoke to her, she would their souls. Uh, I mean, if I had a son, I would have definitely told him, make sure you get home and if you see any woman and they would have money to say to her. That's a good story. Because they left an impression, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so stories stay with you and they affect you. They affect how you live. They affect how you think, how you interact with others. And um, <laughs> so I had my dreams of visiting um, England to see what is it really like in England? And when I got the opportunity to see through TV, through National Geographic and all these things, I would be fixated. I would just be stuck to the seat there and have a scene and my mind would just keep going. Um, I could have a dream. I could dream any little thing. I could dream um, that there is a person that is flying. And why is this person flying? Because they're trying to get away from some villain. And the villain is after them because maybe they overheard something they were supposed to hear or they saw something they were supposed to see. And the villain is sending their goons after this individual and the person is able to fly away from the villains because they can only use human human abilities in walking and running and jumping. But I am given the ability to fly and I can take that and I can turn it into any sort of story. I can turn it into a child story, into a young adult story and a side picture and a, a, a speculative picture, and I can even make it into a horror if I wanted. I can take that and put it any which way. Um, I could be walking down the road and see two different types of flowers growing in a clump. Maybe one is pink and one is yellow, and I'm fascinated by the fact that two different colored flowers are growing in what seems to be the same bush, and my mind can go, look at that, that's diversity. Look at how many different types of things you can get from one thing. The same way you can get different types of people from two parents, the same two parents. And you have all these different beautiful people coming out of these two people. And my mind can go into that. And next thing you know, I can go and sit down and write a poem about diversity, about how beautiful people are and how different we are and how we should embrace the fact that we are not all the same. I love to see uh, dark skin people with smooth, buttery skin. And I can describe the skin and talk about their beautiful white eyes that look like boiled eggs and the beautiful white teeth that shine like light in the darkness when they smile and mm. talk about their beautiful things to look and how different they are from someone of, of, of white brown skin or what we call a red skin people. Yeah. And it's 
just amazing that you can just take any little idea and just a few words and say that it is so many things that can enrich your life and enrich other people's lives. And so I just want to encourage each one of you listening. Every child, every young adult, every adult that has not yet figured out why you're here, every child, young adult and adult that loves to express yourself, you love people, you love life, you have something to say, you've had experiences, even if they weren't all what you wanted, even if some people would say, oh, that was a horrible thing, I'm so glad that never happened to me, I'm sorry that happened to you. You can take the memory of those experiences and you can put that to paper, pen and paper or typewriter or computer or whatever you're using, whatever the medium, and you can turn that into something that can enrich someone else's life that can change the world. And I am excited about words and I am excited about where the Caribbean writers are going. And um, I just want to encourage you, you have something to say, say it. Don't be afraid to say it. And edit it and make sure that you say exactly what you want to say and share it. Thank you. Thank you I'm thanking you again for having me. Thank you so much. Oh, those words, I mean, you're you're saying it and it's like you're speaking to me too. It's, it's very encouraging and it's really nice to hear from someone like yourself. I really love your energy, your encouragement, your inspiration, and um, what you have to offer our younger generation. Thank you so much for being on Caribbean Storytime. And visit us again. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Amanda. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Love you. Bye.